the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. It's the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, in, in studio live. <laughs> Wouldn't that be creepier? She's dead <laughs> in the studio with you. Yeah. But, but live in studio. <laughs> there you go. With her muscles popping out oh, and her blessed t shirt. Mm hmm. Paula, welcome to the program. Thank you, sweetie. Okay, won't you tell them phone numbers today for calls and questions? Let me see. Where is that written? Oh, you don't know. No, I don't know. Okay, for your life call, and we'd love to have your calls and questions. Ladies, especially for you, this is your day. So, uh, area code 210-340-9585. There you go. 340-9585. Or you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's Mm 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at Mm calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Free Calvary Chapel mobile mobile app. app. Mm -hmm. Are you just going to say say what I say? (laughs) (laughs) If you're driving in your car, the safest Safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Uh, at uh, from I see your thumbnail, so stop doing that. Stop doing it right now. Uh, you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Just hit the call now button, and that will take care of it. Okay, since you can't stop talking, you might as well go ahead today. I I knew part of everything that you were going to say when I'm at home listening to the show. You know, I remember a while back, and I can't remember who the president was who was getting sworn in, and his son was next to him, and he was mouthing every word right along with his dad, like his dad had practiced the speech in front of him several times. That was actually Rudy Giuliani. Oh, that's and it was what that his was? son. It okay. wasn't the president. But yeah, that was funny. So It was funny. So, so you I think thought, you're funny. You know, I, I do kind of think I'm funny. <laughs> yeah. Paul, you're heading out tomorrow, so I'm going to ask the people to pray for you. Why don't you explain what you're going to be doing? Yes, um, Jocelyn and I are going over to Idaho Falls. Um, and it's the church that in 2007 I was there, 2008 I was there as well. And so this will be my 10-year anniversary of them inviting me back. I don't know. You know why? <laughs> why they keep asking us to come back over there? But, um, but in 2007, this is the church that I talk about. About 300 ladies were at this retreat, and you know, after I finished teaching, I gave an altar call for them to be saved, <laughs> and they all stood up. And so I was sure that they misunderstood what I was saying. Like, okay, let's stand up. Let's sing a song, say a prayer, and then we're going to go home or something. So I made them all sit down again, and I gave the altar call again. And Rosalinda was with me that year. And again, you could hear this, vroom. They all stood up at the same time. Rosalinda was sitting on the front row. She gets up, comes up the stairs, standing next to me on the stage, and starts taking pictures because she couldn't believe it either that they all would stand up to get saved. And so that's the church we're going to this weekend. Um, The conference theme is hope. 
And so my first teaching is going to be on hope from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 through 18, something like that. And then Jocelyn will be leading worship for us, and then she's going to share her testimony. Um, and I don't know if I've heard her whole testimony. I've not heard her, you know, in front of other people give it. So I'm going to be sitting in the front row probably crying like a baby or <laughs> rejoicing with the Lord um, along with everybody else. And then um, hers is faithfulness. That's her favorite thing about the Lord is his faithfulness. And then I'll, I'll wrap it up with teaching um, on his forgiveness, which is my favorite thing, you know, that he forgave me. Um, and of course we all know it because we've been getting taught this you know as the Lord has forgiven us we in turn turn around and forgive others but I'm really looking forward to it because um, they remembered that it was 2007 that, and Rosalinda was with me so I'm, I'm very curious to see if if some of those ladies who got saved are still there I can't imagine that out of 300 there's not somebody still there I'm sure. so, mm -hmm. so um, of course please pray for us like you said <laughs> because neither Jocelyn and I feel qualified to go it's like lord these men you gave us <laughs> they're the they're the reasons why you know we're we're going over here but um we are confident that in our weakness he's made strong you know i have notes ready to teach but right now in my head i have no idea what i'm going to say <laughs> you know well, we'll be praying for you but and then you. and then uh if i'm if my recall is accurate uh, you're back to back the next week, and you're doing another retreat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's for a Calvary Chapel here in town. Praise the Lord! And then, um, but that's on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, man, I'm gonna miss Joss and I miss this Friday night, and then I'll miss next Friday night and Sunday, which is kind of strange. But yeah, and that one is live loved. Good. Yeah. So I'm well, excited. It's okay for you to miss Friday night tomorrow night because I'm probably gonna do a stinky job. You never do stop that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Jocelyn and I know, First uh, Timothy 1, 12, um, we thank the Lord who has given us strength that he considered us faithful, calling us into his service. This is just an, an incredible privilege any time we get to, um, I mean, go out. He says to go and tell the people, and so we're going to go and tell them, you know, how much Jesus loves them, that there's hope in him, he's faithful to save, and he's also... Um, gracious and forgiving every day so what's on your mind and heart today well nothing no i'm only kidding <laughs> you know i was listening to the show yesterday and i was taking notes i was kind of laughing at some of them in a not so funny way uh but the you know the one on racism kind of caught my my ear and you know are all white people <laughs> Racist. I was like, what kind of question is that? But, I should have said that's a racist comment. Yeah, it is. But and it sounded like it came from a white guy, no offense. Um, but uh, you know what? I don't think, well, your, your answer was really, really cool because I think we're all racist in a way um, because we think everybody should be like us. And so and I don't know if that's racism no, that's, or that's just... <laughs> Uh, what is that? Narcissism. Narcissism, okay. <laughs> you know, it's an ism. It's an ism for it's sure. Just, people that are different from us scare mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they make us feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier just to sort of crawl into yourself mm -hmm. instead of giving people a chance to, to show you who they really are. And I, I just think in the world that we live in, it's so polarized. Um, there, there's there's um, so much hatred and anger. Uh, it's just easier to assume that uh, all my problems are because somebody else is against me mm -hmm. instead of saying, you know what, I'm not right with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when you came to my front door that <laughs> many years ago, <laughs> you know that story. I was not looking for you. I was looking for tall, dark Denzel, you know. But God said, no, this is the one for life. And it wasn't that I was racist at all. I just thought, well... This other one, you know, because I was raised in a black family, <laughs> I was I was Democrat too. That's what I was told. <laughs> and so, because I'm a Democrat and I'm supposed to be looking for somebody the same color as me, I wasn't looking for you. But had I not listened to the Lord and and later, of course, find out that there's only two kind of people: those who believe in God and those who don't. And those who don't, those are the scary ones, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so, praise the Lord. You want to tell the audience what was it? Was it my stunning good looks, my muscularity, or was it my just 
winning personality that won you instantly? Well, it wasn't a personality because I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that I'm, personality I'm at just, all. I'm kidding. But no, um, you were just seriously cute, just cute. And you know, you looked at me, and I was like, "Well, it's not. This was wasn't what I was expecting." But the eyes <laughs> and the lips got me when I first looked at you. Just cute little thing with these blue eyes and that kind of wavy long blonde hair that parted down the middle and that gold t-shirt with the white stripes on you. You want me to continue? You were enjoying this, right? And was, I would you? know. What I was thinking is that, you know, 48 years later and nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> Not much at all. Not much at all. You still got the blue eyes and you got those same lips. Yeah. But the, the hair is a little different and, you know. You don't have that T-shirt. We can get one, though. <laughs> we can sure get one. But uh, no, anyway, but yeah, um, just thinking, you know, come on, we must see people the way Jesus does. And there's some things we all look at people and we're like, oh, man, I'm going to go on the other side of the street. Yeah. And that doesn't, for me, that doesn't matter the color. It's just I can't stand people who just are angry and, and cursing and stuff. I want to go inside my house. And... People of all color do that. Um, I don't like people, I, I'm not like, but I'm not comfortable with people who um, take advantage of others. You know, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that either. I've always been kind of for the underdog kind of person. And um, so, anyway, that's, that was kind of a funny, weird, ha-ha question. Um, <laughs> and then the one on being fruitful and multiply. Yeah, that's what that means. <laughs> Get busy and have some kids. <laughs> we need to. Um, so I, that, I, I was at home just kind of cracking up on some of them. Um, but then what does the manna represent? You know, I love that answer. Daily graced as we trust him and leaving our matters in God's hands. Um, and that's a difficult thing, you know, because we do get to that place. You know, we're, I, I know I am. I'm faithful right up to the last second sometimes and I get a little nervous and it's like okay Jesus evidently for a minute you just might have taken a little nap even though your word says you never sleep nor slumber but maybe you just took a little nap so I'm gonna have to help you out here and just mess stuff up um, so I, I just really love the answers yesterday and then I had never heard this one but knowing God's will in our prayers and how you know having a grateful heart um, and being content. I've been saying that a lot lately. I'm, I'm pretty content with with my life, and um, I'm not 100% yet on the thy will, not my will be done, you know, <laughs> to the truth be told, because, you know, that's going to involve some suffering, like you're talking about, and um, I'm not really all, like, bring it on, no. So I'm content <laughs> right where I am now. Um, but I do have a grateful heart. So, you know, Paul, right now there's somebody uh, in this listening audience who's who's thinking, well, of course she's content. She has a husband who loves the Lord. Uh, she's filled with joy because God is using um, both Ron and Paula. Um, but see, I'm married to a jerk, and 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 um, um, God's not using me, and uh, people have taken advantage of me. What, what would you say to them? Well, I would say your perspective's off, really, because. God loves you, <clears throat> and um, in fact, um, <laughs> they have no idea, because I was married to Ron the Jerk for a long time, <laughs> and he wasn't always Pastor Ron, and we weren't always blissful, you know. Um, when we first met, it was like love at first sight, but then from that day to this day that we're talking about was a whole lot of mess in there, and... Um, for some of you who have not ever heard my testimony, um, I was planning on going to heaven from jail because I had a golf club and a baseball bat under my bed, and I was going to do away with Ronnie and Terry's dad, but then I thought about it, that wouldn't be right, <laughs> um, to have the kids not have parents. But when I got my perspective right, the Lord said, can I use you in this unequally um, yoked marriage um, I was able to be used um, by him just in walking in obedience, which never guaranteed that Ron was going to be saved. But because the Lord had saved me, that's the least I could do is to walk in obedience to what 
he asked of me and he knew the future he knows the future and so you know to get your perspective say you're single and God's not answered that um, my biological click clock ticking um, thing fall in love with Jesus and serve him and when your focus is more on him then he's free to do in you what he really wants to do and you're not serving him to get anything you're serving him because he's already given us everything Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any questions, especially you who are are in those difficult situations or in an equally oaked relationship, uh, Paula can encourage you. Paula, our, our producer here in the in the church uh, studio, said uh, yesterday because we got some more unequally yoked questions. Cause it seems to be the theme for the week mm-hmm. uh, with the unequally yoked questions. Um, why don't you explain to the audience um, what was the hardest thing uh, about? Uh, being in a relationship with Ron the Jerk, and then um, um, at what point for you, after how long was Jesus enough? Hmm. Being married to Ron the Jerk, um, sorry, babe. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. not really emphasizing... Simon the Leper. The the capital <laughs> J, capital E, capital R, capital K, type, uh, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point as much anymore, but... Um, when you don't feel like you're loved by the person who once said that he did, that is just the most heartbreaking thing. When you know and feel unwanted, unappreciated, um, and you just are, you're, I felt like I was stuck, and I'm sure a lot of people feel like they're stuck in that loveless marriage, um, I think that's the hardest thing by far. To, to not think you're loved. I mean, if you're loved, you, people will do crazy things um, for love. And so to not feel loved was just like hopelessness. And so, yeah, that was the worst thing. When, when again, you, you didn't really mature in your walk with the Lord um, uh, until I got saved and we kind of did it together. Mm-hmm. But um, when, when was Jesus enough in the middle of all the pain um, at what point, after how many years, did you realize that, that uh, he's with you even if I'm not, and mm-hmm. that, would, that would be okay? Yeah, but I realized that before you got saved. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord was, you know, then I could ask him for wisdom. It's like, uh, that's when he said, you know, I love you. I always have, I always will. I can't, I, if I go back and look at my journals, I would be able to tell you exactly the day. Um, but I think that was probably maybe two years out from you getting saved, so um, 1989. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I might, for the audience benefit, I, I might suggest that um, in, in, from, from my perspective, looking back now, okay. uh, I didn't have a perspective then because I was around the jerk. <laughs> Your perspective was just on yeah, you. It was on me yeah. and my pain and, mm-hmm. and why, why, God, are you punishing me and all mm-hmm. those things that I mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I might suggest, looking back, that it was it, it, it happened that moment when you decided, I'm not going to divorce him no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are advising me to, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus, if I'm stuck here, I'm stuck here with you. Yeah. And you know, Acts 5.32 says, God gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. Mm-hmm. And that context is always in power. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, might have been at that moment when you're, you're really kind of helping me to to remember mm-hmm. now because um you had come home from work you know and it was already dark and um yeah and, and people can go online i think it was in september i know it was in september of of last year where i finally gave my testimony here and um you know i'm talking mainly to a, a room full of women and so it was on that night where you know, you'd been just a jerk, and you still want to be intimate. And, um, you know, I'm crying. Tears are coming down my face into my ears because I'm on my back. And um, it's the, my tears are hitting the pillow, and you're not even aware. And <clears throat> I'm having this conversation in my head with Jesus saying, you know, um, sorry, I'm feeling like uh, a prostitute, actually. And can you get this over with? And the Lord was like clear in his throat saying, hello, don't you remember that scripture? I was like, we're going to have a scripture conversation right now. <laughs> and he said, yeah, remember you bought at a price. You're not your own. Your body doesn't belong to you. 
And so, um, can I use you? And that going back to being used by the Lord, um, can I use you? And it was like, well, I thought about it for a minute. And I said, well, my heart's not in it. And I heard the Lord say, well, I don't need your heart right now. (laughs) (laughs) I just need you to cooperate with your body. I'm using you to win this one that I love to me. And so I, that right there was when I said, yes, sir. Did it make you mad that he loved me? Furious, actually. (laughs) But I understood it. And, you know, he's been telling me that for years now, you know, um, how much he loves you. And uh, it gives you a better understanding when you, like we've been talking about, when you go back and remember um, how good God has been. Um, Because if, you know, he loved me to save me, and he loved you, and he loved me to save you, and then there's other people in our lives that, you know, I mean, I, I remember saying, though I believed God and trusted him, you still weren't saved. And it still took a few more years. And, and about three months out from you getting saved, I told the Lord, I said, you know what, God, I'm, I've been doing my part. And, you know, you're good, but evidently you're not that good. Ron's stubbornness is stronger than your ability to save him. And then, you know, the Lord was like... Ah, poor baby, she's so lost, she's so wrong, <laughs> you know. She's my mess, but she is a mess. And about three months later, you were saved. And then, you know, once again, my tail between my legs because I didn't trust the Lord again, and he always proves himself faithful. But, yeah, I, I, had, I was losing hope because instead of you getting better, you got worse. <laughs> you know, I, I, think, I think, Paula, that happens to a lot of people when they're getting really, really close. We know what happened to the Apostle Paul when he was Saul of Tarsus. That's a biblical precedent, but I've just seen, we have seen over the years, so many hopeless cases, at least that's the way it appeared, Mm -hmm. and then we would see um, them go off the deep end, both men and women, they go off the deep end, Mm -hmm. and um, um, now we're getting to the place where I almost expect it, well, they're close, Mm -hmm. but for a long time it just seemed there was no hope, and yet God was always at work. You were fighting him so hard. I remember um, writing this in my prayer, Lord, what's it going to take? Is he going to have to die, be on his deathbed, before he bends his knee? What's going to happen? I remember um, that it was just stress on my part, but my heart started acting up. And so I went to the doctor, and they did the EKG and the EEG, and I was on the treadmill thing, and (laughs) they had it up to, like, level 15, and I was going, like, 10 or 15 minutes already, and the doctor said, get off. (laughs) Nothing's wrong with your heart. You're just under stress. I was like, under stress? But you you were stressing me out. (laughs) You know? I'm I'm laughing, not at you, but it's just just the the, the impact we get. You know, I've always said we don't have the right to mess with other people's lives. Oh, my goodness. And and I was guilty of that. Yeah. You know, Paula, um, um, during those times, we've got... um, just a little over three minutes in this right out three minutes for the this half um share with the audience when you said lord whatever you have to take away from him do whatever you have to do yeah yeah that was a fun conversation too uh you know because the lord uh, had told me how much he loved you but at the same time you had made money your god and you know and you're fame and your positions and all that kind of stuff, 420 employees under you, all that craziness. Um, And uh, I said, Lord, do what you got to do to save him. And the Lord was saying, you know, he's made money as God. I was like, yeah, I know. He says, I'm going to have to take it away from him, which is going to make him be poor, right? And I was like, well, do what you got to do. And he's like, do you know if he's poor, you're going to be poor? And I said, well, wait a minute, let me think about this for a minute. You know? He actually asked you, is that okay with you? <laughs> is that okay? So I had to, I, yeah, I had to think about it. I was like, well, maybe he should go on to hell. You know, <laughs> he's being a jerk anyway, but I'm pretty comfortable in, in you know, but the Lord was like, <clears throat> you know, come on, Paula. I was like, yeah, do what you got to do, Lord, because, you know, you love him, I love him. I don't like him much, but I, I do love him. Um, and, you know. You want him in heaven. You, you're you the one who died for him, Lord. And so um, do whatever you need to do. 
and I think it was what a year and a half maybe we went from having everything to having nothing and owing stuff we didn't have yeah yeah but has it been worth it poor is better <laughs> when we, I'll never forget when we renewed our wedding vows when I was at Bible college. Yep. And that was a surprise to you. You walked into it, it and didn't know what was shock. happening. But uh, when the uh, the pastor who was officiating the ceremony, mm -hmm. he said, uh, do you take uh, Ron to be your husband again mm -hmm. uh, for richer or for poorer? Mm -hmm. And you said yes. And then he goes, for richer or for poorer? Because mm -hmm. he knew I was called to be a pastor at that point. Yeah. And it was just one of those things that that oh, you had to set your heart on what God had for you, not knowing what it was. That took a lot of faith. Yeah. Scary, scary, scary. And yet he says that I, oh, he holds me by my right hand. Yeah. And he guides us. Yeah, he's good. We have 30 minutes left in the date day edition of the program. Ladies, especially for you, anybody can call. But if you have any questions or Paula can encourage you, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. You're listening to the date day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back on the other side of the break. We'll see you in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the day, day edition of our show. 340-9585 for your live calls. That's area code 210. Uh, Paula, I did a message last night. Mm -hmm. And it's always I'm always reluctant to say this because I don't want people to get the wrong idea. But but for the couple of weeks prior to giving it, um, preparing for it, uh, just sort of walking with the Lord and listening to his heart. I felt like this was a significant message that people needed to hear mm -hmm. uh, as I was giving it last night. That was reinforced uh, over and over and over. Um, it was from Second Samuel, chapter nine. Um, without being self-serving, um, if 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 you're in the audience and you have been dropped, I'm sure Paula will explain what I mean by that. If you've been betrayed by people, if if it just seems like God's been out to get you or He's angry with you, uh, I'm going to beg you to listen to that message. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's the story of Mephibosheth coming to the king's table, David. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's just an essential message for people to understand the heart of God and to understand um, the right perspective in things. We touched on a little bit in the first half of the program, your perspective on mm -hmm. what God wanted to do in me and, and, and for me. Mm -hmm. um, but but we've got to look at, at, at things from his perspective rather than from ours based on the circumstances. Um, maybe you want to share a little bit of your heart regarding the message last night. Yeah. Um, we we say this at our house, and you, you let out with this last night, that people are the way they are for a reason, and um, only in Christ will our crippled feet be hidden. And so... You know, and then you also said this is a love story about God and a cripple. And he kind of specializes in going after those kind of people. You know, we've all been dropped. And you mentioned, you know, my mom and, and you, the people in my life who should have loved me, but just there was no evidence of that. Um, and so um, for many, many years many years and even the devil comes along even now and I'm talking not just about me but those who those of us and we've all been dropped probably at one time or another by somebody um, <clears throat> where um, we hold on to that and we're we're a constant victim of mostly self-pity you know God why did you let this happen to me um, why didn't you stop it or you know those kind of things and um, 
we let what's happened to us in the past continue to form us and lead us even today. And, and so last night's message um, for me is, you know, God's been telling me for a long, long time, Paula, I want you to keep your hands down and your heart open. Because you were talking last night how David uh, uh, wanted to show kindness. And the Lord says, I want to show kindness too. Keep your hands down and your heart open. Keep my hands down and my heart open to him, Jesus. My hands down, which means I'm going to be vulnerable um, to maybe future hurts. But I'm also going to be available to God that I'm walking with him, being like him. He, you know, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter and opened not his mouth. He didn't defend himself. He just kept walking, knowing he was in the will of his father. And so for me, hands down, that's what that means. And then heart open, um, heart open is so that he can pour his love in there. Because if I'm busy protecting my heart because I don't want to get hurt anymore, I'm protecting, I'm covering my heart that he cannot pour that Romans 5, 5 love of God into my heart that it would be able to come out onto other people. And then you were even top it last night, especially to those who have dropped us. Just like in the garden, you know, when when the devil comes, well, Judas, with the with the uh, other soldiers, he says, you betray the Son of Man with a kiss. Well, God says, I want you to be that vulnerable. Just continue loving people, hands down and heart open. That's not an easy thing for this human to do, but it's a possible thing. Um, and so, um, it, it, I, like I told you today, I'm probably going to listen to that study maybe three or four more times just to really, what? You know? Let me take a minute, Paula, to explain the, the, the situation so that the story makes a little sense to our radio audience. Uh, Mephibosheth was five years old when um, news would come that his father and his grandfather, who was King Saul, uh, were dead and that David was going to be the new king. Uh, it was typical in the ancient world when, when a king came into power, he would, he would literally have all of the descendants to the throne killed so that nobody would represent uh, a threat to his authority. And, and because uh, Mephibosheth, now he's only five, but his nurse would have heard all along, if something happens to us, get him out of here, David will kill. Uh, but, but see, they misjudge and mischaracterize the new king, David, because that wasn't David's heart at all. So she picked him up in a, in a panic, and she began to run away, and, and she fell. She dropped Mephibosheth, and, and he was, um, four times it said in the study last night, he was crippled in both feet. It, in fact, it ends the chapter, and he was crippled in both feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of us have been dropped in life. Um, uh, I mentioned last night, you know, um, um, the, the, the woman who has had to endure abuse from a father or a, or a relative um, who, who is supposed to love them, who is supposed to be safe, who is supposed to protect them. Mm-hmm. And, and they wonder, why are you letting this happen, God? And, they, and they, they mischaracterize God as a result of that. Or people that are in false teaching churches, you know, the, the pastor that tells people that God wants you to be rich and healthy, and, mm-hmm. and, and they don't get rich and healthy, and pretty soon they start thinking of God as mm-hmm. a, a God who breaks his promises and, and, and who's, who's left me, and, and they've been dropped. We, we, we talked last night about the... Um, young man and young woman who is raised uh, at least at the beginning by by drug addicted parents or alcoholic parents or or just angry environment uh, and they never had an opportunity to see who Jesus really is and they misjudged him and in, in some cases got angry with God because well you should have stopped all of this stuff from happening um, and, and too often we're running away from a God who has only kindness for us, a God who's seeking kindness. And as the story began last night, David, just out of nowhere, he's been in power for 15 years, which means that, that Mephibosheth now is a 20-year-old young man. But for 15 of those years, he's been crippled. Mm-hmm. 
and lived in a in a barren place, a place called Low Debar, and and it was just a wilderness. He didn't even have his own place. He was completely dependent on other people because he was crippled. Mm-hmm. And and so many of us, we walk around this life um, as though we are crippled spiritually, when it isn't necessary. And the, the thing that really, really blessed me about the study last night, and this is what I really believe the Lord wanted me to emphasize, was that when 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 David finally found him and said, "You will always eat at my table," that this cripple who was on the run was now at the table of the king. Mm-hmm. And in an Oriental culture, Paul, we're familiar with the pictures of the last, what we call the Last Supper. Uh, people would sit around the table. It would be a big table. It would be a table low to the ground, mm-hmm. and they would recline on the floor with their feet away. And Mephibosheth, who was a cripple, mm-hmm. I mean, four times it made that point. He was crippled in both feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had to depend on other people to get him anywhere. Mm-hmm. But at the table of the king, all anybody could see was that he was in the seat of honor, mm-hmm. that he was wearing the finest clothes, mm-hmm. that he was the object of, of David's pride and joy, and and uh, nobody could see his feet because his feet were out of view. Mm-hmm. And, and that's Jesus, what he does for us. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes cripples like me and you. You were dropped and I dropped you. I, I, I mentioned last night I dropped my, my sons. Mm-hmm. Um, but he takes us and he puts us in a place where the only thing that people can see is honor. And, and, and the word you use, content. Mm-hmm. Um, when we do that, the whole world sees only Jesus in us. And in one verse in a study last night, it's revealed that Mephibosheth had a son named Mika. And all I could think about was the second chance that represents for those of us who've been dropped mm-hmm. to ensure that we don't have to drop our kids anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, when we say the old is gone and the new has come, we're at the table of the king. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. We've got a caller from Georgetown, Texas. Kate, on line one, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Yes, hi. Uh, I love that Mephibosheth story, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I have actually wanted to call y'all for a long time. Um, I was really relating to what Paula was saying about being married to the jerk and letting God take over and, um, you know, hand, handle it, basically. So, what happened with me is that my husband, it wasn't an, a big one-time experience he was saved he was already saved but he still he still was a jerk Mm -hmm. and um so it's been a very very slow process and there was no one big time where he was like oh my gosh i'm so sorry how i have treated you it's just been a slow process and now i look up and he's a different man but i'm still remembering you know the past the first 12 years or whatever of our marriage and i can't get past that and the whole um where she said she was on her back with the tears rolling down uh yeah that's me constantly yeah and i don't know what to do about it i pray it's my constant prayer and i can't can't figure it out. Yeah, Kate, you're going to have to get beyond how you feel. And and Paul is going to help you with that now. But 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 let me ask you to listen to the, the message from last night. I, I think the Lord will really speak to your heart. But um, um, Paula, I mean, you, you've lived it. Yeah. And, and as slow as the process was for him to be a changed man, um, it's not an overnight thing for you either. And you have an enemy I have an enemy who pushes the buttons quite often, um, smells uh, certain words, certain looks, bring it all back. And so uh, that Second Corinthians 5.17, you know your husband's saved, so not how you fear or what you see. We sing a song, I'm not going to live by what I see, I'm not going to live by what I feel, because deep down I know that you 
are here with me, meaning Jesus. And so, 2 Corinthians 5.17, you're not the same as you used to be. Your husband's obviously not the same as he used to be. So by faith, you have to say, you know what? I don't have to respond the same as I used to respond because neither one of us are the same. That's the 2 Corinthians 5.17. All things pass away, all things become new. And just by faith, you have to... The enemy is furious now that both of you are saved and wanting to walk with the Lord. He's going to be relentless in trying to destroy what God is in the process of doing. And so, yeah, it can't be how you feel. you got to just, by faith, and, and be proactive, as we learned last night, be proactive in being kind. Okay. I hope that makes sense. But, yeah, some of those thoughts and those feelings... They will come as long as we give in to the enemy and act out on that. Like, I can't believe you just said that. Or, um, you know, maybe acting out of those in those thoughts. Um, I don't know. I, I'm talking with a young girl right now, and she and her husband keep bringing up things of the past. And our insecurities do that. And so don't be, don't, don't be caught off guard. Um, put on the full armor. That's not one of those, you know, where you have to get in the closet or anything, but just be aware that you're going through this and, and know where the source is. Kate, let, let, me, let me suggest a couple of things as well. Uh, the first okay. thing, instinctive, instinctively, remember we're made in the image of God, so as we draw near to the Lord, we become more and more like Him. There's a sense in all of us that we want justice. And there was a time that Paula went through, and my transformation was not gradual. My transformation was like, instant, mm -hmm. overnight, and she didn't know what was going on. But there was a sense of justice in her that said always, well, you know, God, you got to punish him for what he did to me. And, and one day I asked her, I said, Paula, do you want a pound of flesh? How can I help you get, get by this? Is there, do, you, do, you, do you just want me to be beaten? What do, what do you want? Yeah, take out by yeah. the shit. Uh -huh. yeah. and, and, and she had to deal with that because she, she, she understood, Kate, that that was um, um, a problem that she had between her and God, mm -hmm. that he'd forgiven me, that he'd wiped all my sins away, and yet she was still carrying them. That's why faith is an important element. Um, so, so practically, the thing that you need to do is realize that when those thoughts come to mind, that's an enemy pushing those replay buttons that Paula talked about, mm -hmm. and you've got to identify it as from the enemy, and because he wants to destroy you, um, you're, you're a, a, a bright woman, you, you don't want anything that's going to destroy you, you don't want to play into his hands, so the first thing is identification, and then the, finally, and this is the, the key ingredient, beyond faith, this is the most important thing, be grateful that God has heard your cry, be grateful that he's heard your prayers. And that that man that you were with before, the one who hurt you so deeply, is no longer that man. And if God has wiped the slate clean, so too can you. It's just going to take practice. It's going to take effort. The enemy's had this button to push in your life a very long time. So you've got to, every time he hits replay, you've got to turn off. Mm -hmm. And take every thought captive. Paul writes to the Corinthians, make them obedient to the Lord. And, and remember, that'd be a great time to say, Jesus, I know what I'm thinking right now. I know the source of those thoughts. But let me just say, I am so grateful that I'm no longer married to that man mm -hmm. and that you're answering my prayers. And I'll promise you this, uh, your husband isn't yet who he's going to be mm -hmm. in Christ. And whether it was gradual or not, or he professed at some point, uh, he had to deal with the Lord, and the Lord is having his way now in your husband's life. Yeah. Our vindication, Kate? Our vindication, yours and mine? Yes. Are you hearing me? Is yeah. our husbands our husbands saw something in us that made Jesus really real? And they're right. humbling their their knees to accept his invitation to become Christians um, is our vindication. So, um, yeah. yeah, and be grateful that God's patient. Be grateful that God's patient not only with your husband but with you. 
Yes, yes, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't, don't, don't miss out because you're afraid that he's going to turn back into the jerk or because you think he got away <laughs> with it. Don't be afraid right. uh, to make yourself vulnerable to Jesus. Trust God, and in trusting God, uh, he's the one who will take care of you. Ugh, Thank you, Kate. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank it's you. hard. I it, know. It is hard. It's hard. But, you know, if you're close to Jesus, and, and I, I say it all the time on this program, uh, I, in fact, I say it all the time wherever I am, just be with Jesus, mm-hmm. and, and he will do the impossible thing through you and for you. Yeah, and ask the Lord to help you with First Corinthians 13, that list of what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Go through that list. It does not keep a record of wrongs. So when when the record of wrongs come, you know where that's coming from, and you can say, "Oh no, 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 that's he's not the same. He may sound and look and act the same a little bit, but he's not the same." Paula, tell Kate how long it took you. Forever, just yesterday. No, 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 no I'm sorry. What? But it took you one year. It took me a full year, Kate, to believe Ron was saved. Now I knew something had happened, but he kept lying. But the reason why. I, I, I was closing my heart off to him because I thought if he is saying he's a Christian now and he's acting a little bit better now, and but this, this shoe drops that I'm waiting for to drop, that would just be too much for me. And, and that I think that's when the Lord was starting to tell me about the hands down, heart mm-hmm. open thing, to be open, to be willing. You Yeah, and what he was saying is you may be hurt again, but... You're not the same, and he's not the same. So, now, it took her it took her one year almost year. to the day, yeah. and and the Lord finally spoke to her heart, Kate, and said, "How much more time are you going to waste? You see what I've done. So enjoy what God has done in your husband, yeah. and please don't waste any more time. Not okay, even, one not more even thing, moment. Kate. Look for the good things that he does. Stop looking for the things that irritate you. And when he does something wonderful, be sure to compliment him on that." All of us are looking for love. All of us are looking for uh, those opportunities uh, to be pleasing. And so when, you, when he does something wonderful, let him know. He'll do it again. What did David say, Paul, in the, in the study last night? Uh, is there anyone left in the household of Saul or Jonathan that I can show kindness to? Yes, yes, yes. Really important. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate the call very much. <laughs> we will be praying for you and your husband. I'd like to meet you someday. That would be really awesome. Mm-hmm. Paula, we've got only five minutes. Time is flying by today. It is, huh? And you guys were teasing me because I was making a mess of something earlier, but, you know, I only do this once a week, but I wasn't asking for more <laughs> <laughs> more time. Um, yeah, you know, you were talking about um, not trusting people because, you know, when, when bad things happen, we, you know, we're judging God, and now we're not trusting people because they let us down, and we can get sick and poor, and because we believe the lie that, you know, God wants us to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, we, we will blame God, but when we see the real king, as Mephibosheth saw the real king, um, there's nothing to be afraid of at all. I, I, I think that was one of, that's my, I have these words in big letters. Now Mephibosheth gets to see the real king as he is, and for us, our real king is so desirous of, of forgiving us, and blessing us, hugging us, mm-hmm. telling us how beautiful and wonderful Remember what we I are? said last night, Paula, that Mephibosheth, when he would see who the real king really was, he would have been angry that, he, that he, his life had been wasted in, in fear yes. and hatred yes. of this king. And, oh, and, that bitterness. And, and he would have thought, they've been lying to me this whole time mm-hmm. because he's not who they told me he was. Mm-hmm. And we always want to remember that, that our job as Christians is to tell people that Jesus isn't who they think he is. Uh, God's out to get me. God doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's angry at me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Don't let anybody tell you those lies. Find out for yourself. Sit at the table of the king on your own yeah. and see what God will do. Paula, we You got, said it last night. He is nice. He's nice. He's nice. I got that from you, by the way. Yes, I know. I remember. And <laughs> when you said that, I was like, oh, he got that from me. I'm on the same wavelength. Um, but yeah, he's he's nice. And talking about our past, again, you know, as uh, Mephibosheth's feet are behind him, our past, everybody, our past can be behind us. We need not let it any longer. We can't do anything about it. And 
in Lachelle study. We can't do anything about our past to change it. It's already happened. There's nothing we can do to change it, but we can change and not let it affect our today or our future. Um, if only we won't see and live in our scars, tomorrow, well, even later today, can be better because God is nice. Um, so, anyway, I'm good. <laughs> okay, we're inside two minutes. Um, I don't want to turn this into a program ever about sports or any other thing. It's just about Jesus. But, Paula, we're going to the Spurs game tonight. Yes, we are. And I've already prayed, Lord, it would be really nice if they would win this game. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Um, on a serious note, yeah. um, we all who are, we who are believers, we need to really be praying for mm. Coach Pop. Yeah. Um, as most of you know by now, he lost his wife of four decades yesterday yeah. um, and and I think I think our prayer uh, Lord use this to draw him to you mm -hmm. so that you can be the source of comfort that he needs at a time of great loss like this and um, you know he's a prominent figure in San Antonio obviously um, uh, and we have a, a tendency to elevate people to a platform that they don't belong on um, but right now Greg Popovich is a man who's just in pain he's just hurting, he's hurting. Um, I always put myself and I, I, I don't know what I would do without you and and he is alone and as Christians we can pray that coach pop will find Jesus in this mm -hmm. and that he will find because Jesus is the only source of comfort he'll find the comfort that is only available from heaven yeah. So uh, please keep him in your prayers um, on the on the large scale of things. Whether the Spurs win or not is not a big deal. We're fans and we like uh, like it when they win. But um, we've got a man that is hurting now, and we need to to be in prayer for him. Thank you for tuning in today. You've been listening to the Word to Stand On for Life. It's a date day edition of the program. Once more, if you'll take last night's message at calvaryessay.com, I think the Lord would really, really bless you in the process. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.